Hello and welcome to the 42's Facebook Live. Now, the October Bank Holiday weekend is always a big one in the Irish sporting calendar and no different this year as the 39th edition of the Dublin City Marathon takes place this Sunday. To look ahead to the event and to answer a couple of your last minute questions, we're joined here by the Dublin Marathon Race Director, Jim Orkney. Jim, welcome to the studio. Thank you very much. Uh, a pleasure to be here. And again, if anybody has any last minute uh, hot topics that they want, uh, just send them in to us and we'll try and answer, the c answer them as, as best we can. Yeah, it's a mad week for you. We were just talking before we came on air. You have a million different things to do and, and kind of 12 months of planning is coming to fruition in these couple of days. Yes, um, the, the, these last few days, again, you know, when you've planned stuff for six months out and then you're going to people now and say, listen, remember that meeting we had six months ago, where is item A, B or C? And you get a blank face looking back at you and say, oh, I didn't know that's what you meant. That's when <laughs> that's when we start to panic. But yeah, it's uh, uh, it's nearly an 18 month uh, schedule because we'll be out in, in New York um, a few days after Dublin uh, promoting for 2019. So uh, we've had to have uh, flyers and artwork and backdrops and everything ready for that. Um, so yeah, it's it's um, I suppose nearly an 18 month cycle now to get to get through. Yeah, 20,000 entries a record entry this year, sold out five mon five months in advance. The growth of the event in your kind of reign as race director has been huge, but particularly over the last couple of years, again huge demand this year. 20,000 as we said, taken to the streets of the capital on Sunday. Can you kind of explain the growth over the last couple of years? Yes, the growth, uh, 20,000. We were delighted again if you had said 10 years ago that we would sell out at 20,000. I think a lot of people would have thought we were a little bit crazy. But uh, from ourselves, you know, the, the event, as you say, is in its 39th year. Uh, 1980 was, was the first. In the early years, um, the, there was quite a number running in the event, again, because of economic um, conditions that were there at the time, people had a lot of time and, and did come out and, and run uh, in the marathon and, and running in general because it was it was a cheap form of exercise. Uh, the economic uh, upturn then resulted in people had less time and the, the numbers in the marathon began to decline. So much so that like in the late 90s uh, we had less than 3,000 entered in the marathon. Uh, from there we actually um, heard that the big American charities at the time, Team in Training, Team Diabetes and all of those, they were trying to send a group over to Dave Bedford in the UK and they, London was selling out so mm. he said he didn't need them so we went to them and said listen why not come to Dublin. Um, that was very very successful so much so that in the year 2001 or in the year 2000 I should say we had more running in the Dublin Marathon from America than we had from Ireland. Okay. Obviously, 2001, 9-11 happened, and the mm. whole world travel turned upside down. So then it was the idea that we had of introducing a race series. And so in 2002, we added a race series to try help the Irish get through uh, a progression of races so that it could prepare for the marathon. And that was one of the biggest catalysts then to get the Irish people um, out. So they did the five mile, the 10 mile, the half marathon. And the following year, then, they, they joined us in, in the marathon. The biggest catalyst after that was in 2016, when we changed to a Sunday. Mm. And um, primarily because it wasn't a bank holiday in Northern Ireland or the UK. So um, their numbers have risen 
um, they're able to come now uh, and compete on the Sunday. But the Irish people really took to the Sunday uh, because they can actually stay on Sunday night, enjoy the night and go home um, at their leisure on, on Monday morning rather than, you know, before mm. they were trying to rush down on Monday uh, for work the next morning. So I suppose they're the, the big key ones that have taken it from where it was a number of years ago mm. to the 20,000 now. Yeah, when you took over as race director in 97, you were saying that it was just under 3,000 entries to what we are today. It's established as, a, as you say, world-renowned event, uh, fifth largest in Europe, you know, known as kind of the friendly marathon as well. Anyone who's done it or has, you know, watched it will know the, the great atmosphere on the streets during the event. What, what's, what's kind of contributed to that in, in your view or what you, have you kind of done to facilitate that growth? Well, again, we've reached out to all the different communities out there and, and trying to get them to come out and support. If you have Irish people and particularly Dublin people running, the snowball effect starts in that, you know, I'll go out and watch my neighbour or friend or, or relative actually running. And then they see that get caught up in the atmosphere on the day and say, I'd love to run that. So it was a matter of trying to get that that ball rolling and we introduced a lot of cheering zones face painting and all of that to try and keep people out for as long as possible to cheer not only the the leaders through but the tail enders and that has developed a great atmosphere on, on the route and we're just adding to those each each time another big catalyst was when we moved into to to fingal at the time mm. uh, castle knock has been a phenomenal success with the number of people and uh, the support that's there so through the years, we've 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 tailored the route, you know, to to improve it. Uh, when we went into Castle Knock, we continued the, from R RDS. We've come straight in now into the finish, which has meant a much longer straight, easier for the runners, but a lot of people congregate down there. So it was making it easier for people to come out and support, but. As we get more and more locals and particularly Irish into the event, you know, their friends and relations and ever come out and, and support them. But the Dublin people have been great. Uh, we do a leaflet drop to every single house on the route. We do advertising and again, the cheering zones uh, with the little clappers and mm. whatever uh, is great to get the, the kids out and once they're there and you've, as I say, the face painting or whatever that the family have to stay out then while the kid is getting the face painting and just keeps them out there, keeps them amused, bit of music and it just builds the atmosphere. It doesn't make the distance any shorter for the runner, you still mm. have to do 26.2 miles but I think in their mind when you get cheered on all the way around, it, uh, mentally it makes the, the journey shorter. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned the route there, it's the same again from last year. Obviously for the runner that's as the consistency, continuity, but as you say for the spectator it's it's a known route. So, you know, if you come out outside your house in Ballsbridge or Castlenock or wherever it is, that you know it's gonna be there every every bank holiday weekend, October bank holiday weekend. Yes, that was a major um thing. And again, thanks to the Gardaí and Dublin Bus and Lewis and Dublin City Council, we went through a, a, a period where we were changing the route every year. Mm. And you know, we said for for the particularly for the runner, but uh, certainly for the motorist, and as you say, um, the resident itself, like they were coming out each year, not knowing whether the route was coming from the left or the right, or whether they're passing there at all. So it was a big um, 
I suppose, improvement to not only d the traffic in the city, Dublin bus, that we all had a consistent route and we could all plan from, from day one in, in the new year to know what the route was going to be. And that has helped with the spectators as well because they knew exactly where the good points uh, and the congested points to stay away from them and get to a, a, an area where they can see people. So it helps not only the runner, um, uh, the traffic in, in the city, we can better plan for it. Uh, if we have a, a pinch point, you know, we can plan and try and alleviate that rather than trying to move the route mm. to, to m get around it. Because all that happens is it just moves the, the pinch point somewhere else. Yeah. So, yeah, it has been a big one for the city, but uh, particularly for the runners, that the route remains consistent. Yeah, all of these are, are kind of controllable, so to speak, but the other variables is obviously the weather. Do you, do you kind of look at the forecasts kind of days in advance? Because obviously it does affect not only the runners, but the spectators, yeah. you know. Yes, uh, we're keeping a very big eye on the weather. At the moment, Sunday morning looks to be quite good. We're concerned from about four o'clock onwards that uh, when you know dusk sets in, that it's going to get quite cold. Mm. So far, our our stewards, who we need to be out on the route at the time, we're sending out you know soup and sandwiches to those. We have blankets, extra blankets, and. Um, provisions like that brought mm. in for runners who maybe you know at, at that time they probably a lot of them could be walking or running quite slow and they come into us cold so we've added extra provisions over yesterday and, and there uh, again to be meetings each day um, with you know the Gardaí and the HSE and our medical team to see what the conditions are like and do we need to add anything else the last one of those will obviously be at 12 o'clock on Saturday and that's, you know, if we need to call up anything else at that stage, we have uh, the ability to do it. But yes, the, the weather is one thing we can't control, but we have to keep a very, very big eye on it and mm -hmm. see what's, what's, what's coming in. At the moment, Saturday, windy and wet has probably as big an impact on us than more on us than the runners because we're trying to build yeah. marquees put up structures and everything so if the wind gets up high we can't do that and could put you know our build delay our build a little bit so saturday friday evening and saturday are really crucial for us for the build for the runner themselves obviously sunday is the big day mm. um, and at the moment it will looks to be cold very cold in the morning but Again, that'll only concern the runners while they're, you know, standing around mm. in the start years. Once they get going, they're fine. The big concern for us there is our stewards who could be standing for four or five hours in the one spot if it's quite cold. So again, sent out communications to all our runners, or all our stewards last night to bring the extra jacket, bring an extra pair of gloves, wrap up well and so on and so forth. So we're not only thinking of, of the runner in all of this, we mm -hmm. have to look after the welfare of our stewards and give them the advance warning of what the weather uh, will be like. The runner you know, will generally be, be okay, mm. you know, they'll be moving, they'll be warmer, 
um, and the concern obviously is our, our stewards and, and the welfare that they have standing on the corner for four or five hours. Yeah, sure. We're getting into some of your questions now in a minute, but I suppose one of the big things that you probably hear repeatedly because it's sold out five months in advance this year is, well, when are you going to increase the entry size and can you move it from 20,000 up to whatever it is? What is the limit? Obviously, there's different factors that you have to take into account, health and safety and all that kind of stuff. So is there kind of wiggle room there for you to expand in, in years to come? We're making a few changes this year, slight changes. Again, the wave times have moved out to, fi to, uh, to 15 minutes, which is an extra five from what it was last year. We didn't let people pick their own wave this year, which the reason for that was a lot of people, whether they w were able to or not, picked wave one. Mm. And we tagged those and looked at them throughout the course and saw that they weren't capable yeah. of running in wave one even though they picked it you could see the peak at the start was in wave one but even by the time we got to the 10k that peak had moved back so we were seeing then that a lot of people were in there that shouldn't really be in there so that's why this year we decided who was going into wave okay. one looking at their previous times or their predicted times so this year we have four waves of equal size so we're hoping that that'll get a, a smoother throughput on the route itself and then when people come into the finish one of the things they need to watch out for this year is the baggage area which was normally you could exit at both ends of Merrion Square South will not be uh, you will not be able to exit on the west this year you have to continue and use the one-way system similar to when they entered and we're taking a slightly bigger footprint um, in that the exits are on Fitzwilliam Street and James Street East so we're hoping with those little small changes that we can add um, numbers to the event next year. But, you know, you're looking at small numbers, mm. uh, as in maybe another 1,000. You're not looking at going to 30,000 or even 25, I think, is beyond the physical limits of what we have in, in Merrion Square. Okay. You were saying before we came on air that you'd be surprised by the amount of people who kind of after the closing date or after you, you kind of have to shut entries that they'd be ringing the office looking for looking for an entry or, or trying their arm. It, it's amazing the demand is, is obviously there. So the capacity, you could move it, but it's just, as you again, you said, just beyond that limit that you could yeah. go to. Oh, there's no doubt the capacity is there. Uh, a very interesting statistic, a couple of weeks after we closed this year, we just looked at the increase in, in communication to the office and we had over 1,200 people who were looking for an entry who had actually seen on the website that it was closed and mm -hmm. yet they contacted the office. I don't know how many looked at it and said, oh, gee, I'm too late. There's no point in me contacting yeah. the office. But there certainly is a huge demand for, uh, for entries into Dublin. And again, we're delighted with that. I mean, many, many years ago, uh, we weren't selling out and you were trying to figure out ways of how to get extra people into it. So to the team that has been there from the start, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, great to see that the demand is there and let long may it continue. Yeah, certainly. The, the, I suppose the continued support of SSC Electricity is the, the title sponsor has, has helped grow that as well. Um, getting on to a couple of questions, and I know for the runners this week, it's kind of a mix of emotions. Most of them will have done their, their serious training now and it's kind of tapering down towards Sunday's event. So it's you know a mix of emotions, of excitement, nerves, all that kind of stuff. What, what kind of, you know, you've obviously been at the helm since 97 so you've seen a lot of runners come through the finish line what's kind of your kind of best advice for them now what are we four or five days in advance 
Well, the, at, at this stage, you're certainly not going to gain any fitness. But if you do something silly, you will certainly lose it. Mm. So one of the things, I, I, again, it's a really, really nervous time for runners because, you know, the last 12 weeks, you've been so used to getting out and doing your 8 miles, 10 miles, and so on and so forth. And now you're you know you're stopping running after three or four miles and the tension is building up and you're getting nervous but resist the temptation you need to let the body recover and don't do anything silly in the last couple of weeks the biggest thing for anybody at this stage is do not do anything in the last couple of days that you haven't tried and tested throughout your training and that may be you should have your the shoes uh, clothes that you're going to wear on Sunday have de- have tried them out last Sunday on your last medium to long run um, make sure everything is, is is ready and don't do anything silly don't try any new foods uh, if you're not used to an Indian don't go out for an Indian <laughs> between this and then so again it's just uh, you know anything that you have tried on your run certainly do that if you haven't tried um, the products we have on, on the route you know, don't experiment mm. on race day with anything like that. Stick to what you've, you've, your tried and tested plan is. But that's the the most of or the best advice you can give anybody is, you know, ease back. Um, it w- it will seem strange for you, but you need to let the body recover and take the time to recover. Don't go now and say, listen, oh, I'm going to lose fitness if I don't do a 10 mile or a 20 mile. You know, in the middle of the week. Uh, resist the temptation and, mm. and, and let the body recover. Yeah, one of the big things for people is is that nutrition during the race, or whether it's getting water on board or LucasAid or the, the gels that you provide. Few questions coming into us when will you provide them at what kind of stages during the race? And it, again, it's, it's water stations, LucasAid stations, and I think the energy gel stations that you provide during the, the 26.2 miles. Yes, uh, all with 10 Celtic Pure water stations, again, the 250 ml sports cap bottles. So you know, uh, roughly every three miles, you, uh, obviously with the f- street furniture you have in Dublin, you can't put them exactly every three miles, mm. but that's what the aim is to try and get them there. We have LucasAid, Sport then and Four Spots on the route and the High Five Gels on, on two. So uh, a, a different variety of, of LucasAid will be orange and raspberry. Some people like orange and some people like raspberry, so we'll cater for both. And again, the three different flavors of the gels. So, you know, we're hoping that we'll cater for everybody because some people find that they don't want a, a particular flavor. So all the, the flavors are there, um, so get them. But, you know, come back to what I said previously, if you haven't trained with them, don't experiment with them on race day. You know, the chances are you'll be fine, mm. but um, it's not the day to experiment. Yeah, question here from Sean again comes down to kind of nutrition and the days leading in into the race itself. Um, how far ahead of the race would meal choices affect your performance? Again, normally they say in the last three days you should be upping your pasta intake. And again, that doesn't mean you go out and you buy a two kilogram bag of pasta and put that on and eat that. You know, just generally eat what you're normally used to eating. You know, most runners um, like pasta anyway and just top up the extra little bit of pasta or whatever. But again, don't go mad on it. You know, there's no point in, in arriving in on on the Sunday morning and you feel really heavy and full and bloated because you've had, you know, 
huge amount of, of pasta and so on and so forth. The thing with the pasta and the drinking of the water, it, it will hold on to um, water that you drink over the next couple of days. So the, that type of thing in the last three days is probably where you will get the best benefit out of that. But drink, drink plenty of water, especially the day before. Now, the temperatures we're, s we're seeing at the moment, it looks like it'll be maybe seven or eight degrees when, when the race starts, which, you know, can be a danger in itself because people then say, you know, on the morning of the race, oh, it's cold, I won't need the water. Mm. Drink the water regardless of what the temperature is going to be. And what we've seen over the past is it's nearly more dangerous for us when it's very, very cold in the morning because, as I say, people don't drink the water yeah. then. They say, oh, I won't be sweating, I won't need it. Do drink it, take it on board, maybe not in as big a quantity as if it was 14 or 15 degrees, <coughs> excuse me, but don't uh, stay away from the water just because it's at six or seven degrees on, on the morning of the race. Yeah, a couple of people got in touch yesterday about the kind of the logistics of, of pre-race because if you're a first-timer as well, you're not familiar with the start and, and how the waves work with 20,000 people all descending on the start line. Not all, all at once, obviously, as we said, the waves, but at a similar enough time. What, what's kind of your best advice on, on when to arrive and dropping your bag off in the right area? Your best you're going to be nervous on the morning anyway, mm. so best get in, uh, uh, get up and get in, uh, get into the start area rather than sitting at home um, expending nervous energy. What we will, b when you pick up your race number, you will get a clear plastic bag. You must use that coming in to us. We have a search area, um, we have two search areas where people will come in. With your, if your clear plastic bag visible, you will walk right in. If you bring a rucksack or anything else, we will stop and request a search of the bag. So make sure that that's number one on your priority. Use the plastic bag and have that visible. You will walk in. And then you know, when you go into Marion Square South, you, you will ha already have been assigned a race number and you will see the big signs of where to place the bag. Just hand in the bag. Um, our own baggage crew then, we have over 100 in the, in the baggage area, they'll sort the numbers from 1 to 20,000 as the runners are out enjoying themselves around Dublin, so when they come back in, they'll be all in sequence then uh, and be able to hand them back in. But I it's much better for them to get in early, um, you know, even if your wave time is not the 9 o'clock, get in early and, you know, join with the crowds to stay. Mm. And again, you know, if you're in in the start area, with uh, with the crowds around you, you won't notice the cold as much as you know walking um, into the baggage area yourself when when you're on your own. So the the general warmth of of the crowd will keep you um, uh, warmed up, uh, as mm. I say, in the morning. So you're much better to get in early. Um, you know, half eight is the very very late should be should be in because you've probably trained in uh, and, uh, and run a number of races with you know a couple of thousand in them but when you have as you say 20,000 coming in the numbers there trying to get into each of the waves you'll have 5,000 heading to each wave so mm. it's a lot of people um, and don't underestimate the time it will take to get from the baggage area um, right up to the start line itself and again in our final instructions we give guidelines to say listen it'll take you 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever to get from Marion Square South into the into the purple wave or the green wave so read the final instructions and adhere to those 
get in in plenty of time because you know if you're there early you'll get up further into the group uh, further up in the group rather than arriving and be at the very very tail end of the group because the groups can take probably three or four minutes to cross the start line mm. now that's like you have a chip time that doesn't really matter yeah. but you know if you're at the front of the group uh, with a clear road ahead of you you'll get into your running stride much much better and much quicker yeah for sure post race as well you mentioned you know a couple of small changes to the exit systems in Marion Square but just Mike has a question how what should he do kind of immediately post race so he still be able to stand on Monday you obviously have you know there's there's bags been given out so there's water and, and different snacks that you can take on board immediately post race yes I mean in the post race bag you'll have uh, the Celtic pure water and Lucas aid again and there'll be uh, a bar in that as well it, what I would say to people is don't sit down when you finish. Yeah. Again, for a number of reasons, it'll be difficult to get up. And again, we want people to keep moving. But a gentle walk, uh, keep walking, and that's much, much easier on the body the next day. And again, you know, th the next day, if you can get out uh, and uh, get for a, a gentle walk, it, it will help um, relieve the pressure and... I think everybody on, on that evening will be walking downstairs, or walking backwards downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's um, part of, of the, the tradition, I think, with marathon runners now at this stage. This, yeah. uh, you know, the, that evening or certainly the next day you're walking this downstairs backwards. But uh, yeah, if you can get out and just do a gentle walk, it'll help keep the, the, the blood flow and get rid of the lactic acid and, and that is, is probably the best. A, a lot of strenuous stretching is probably not the best. The mm. muscles are quite tight and all of that afterwards. Uh, you know, the next day or the, the following day, if you get a, a light massage on them, just to ease them out would help a lot. But generally walking the next for three days afterwards um, is probably the best advice. Um, you've completed a big bulk of training you deserve uh, a little bit of downtime after it. And do take it. You're not going to lose fitness by, you know, taking a few days off and, and going very, very easy because you certainly need to give the body time to recover. Yeah, and the Marathon Expo opens on Friday and Saturday in the RDS where, where runners can collect their, their race pack. Yes, indeed. The main hall of the RDS. Just come in there. We're in in the Serpentine Hall. Uh, bring your acceptance slip and you pick up your race number, race programme, and the bag itself, the, the baggage bag, which is a clear bag that uh, you must use on, on the race morning. So make sure you get that and mind it. Mind your race number because once it's issued, that's what you've got for the day and we can't get you another one. Um, so, you know, get those, get a, a, get, put them in a safe place when you go home, uh, Put the num pin the number onto your race vest that you're going to use on the morning and have it all done and dusted on Friday evening or Saturday morning whenever you leave the expo rather than trying to do that on Sunday morning when you're rushing out, out the door because you will uh, forget something um, then and uh, have it all pre-planned. Yeah, the main thing is enjoy the weekend between the expo and then obviously the big day itself on Sunday. Yes, we have a, a number of very good speakers in the, in the expo. Again, you know, um, marathon advice, but again, other different topics that are there. So take your time, enjoy uh, the expo as well. Uh, don't spend all day standing there, obviously, but you know, get in, take in some of the the, the stands and uh, some of the very good speakers that will be there, and you know, ask questions. 
we have uh, an information um, video and talk going every hour. So if you have any last minute questions, Eamon Dolan will be on that. And go to Eamon. Um, if you don't want to ask him in, in, in public while, speak, while he's speaking, go to him afterwards and he'll answer any last minute questions um, that people have. We also have a pace stand where the pacers, the people that are actually pacing mm. will be there on the stand if you want to ask them any questions about what pace to be going at for the different ones. We have pace bands and pick up a band for your target time and wear that on the day and it will be a guide to you then to what times you need to hit on each of the different miles as, as you go, go along. So a number of different um, things. Again, we have a uh, very good merchandising stand there. So uh, pick up a memento of of the occasion for yourself or the family and uh, something to remember the, the event by. Brilliant. Jim, best luck to your team, yourself and your team on Sunday. Thank you very much. And if you're one of the 20,000 taking to the streets on Sunday, best luck.